Well, you got your Bibles? The B-I-B-L-E? That is the book for me. Here we go. Let's get them in the air. If it's on your phone, I don't care. Well, however you got it, say, this is my Bible. This is my Bible. I can have. I can have. What the Word of God. What the Word of God. Says I can have. Says I can have. I can do. I can do. What the Word of God. What the Word of God. Says I can do. Says I can do. And I am. And I am. What the Word of God. What the Word of God. Says I am. Woo. Glory to God. You're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, are you? Nope. Stand on it. We should have heard a big, renowned, resounding, reverberating no. We're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, are we? No! That's what I thought. All right. Father, we just come before you and we just thank you for your word. The world may discredit it, but we don't. We value it. We highly esteem it. It is the treasure of great price. And so, Father, we thank you for its life it gives to us. And so, Father, we dive into it today to be built up, to be strengthened, to be encouraged, and, Father, to be equipped for the good work you have before us. So we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everyone say it. Amen. 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 Well, the title of our message today is Passing the Baton. Got any runners in the place today? Runners. How many one, track? How many were in two. track? Got a couple runners. Three, four. All right. The hands keep going up. <laughs> Why is it when you ask a question, nobody raises their hand, and then they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's me." <laughs> but uh, passing the baton is, you know, one of the. It's just a cool venue in the hundred meter relay race, four hundred meter. You know, there's a bunch of different ones, but you know, we are in a race today, a spiritual race. And the Bible gives us a bunch of indication. Paul wrote about uh, winning an athletic prize to win a crown, but he was saying we don't win something that perishes. We win something that is eternal. And so there's some things you got to do to compete to win. And so we don't necessarily want to talk about that, but we do want to talk about the moment in the race where the baton is passed from one person to the next to continue that leg of the race. Which is called the exchange zone. So we're going to talk this morning about the exchange zone and what that looks like. I would like, like you to go to Hebrews chapter 12, and we're going to start in verse 1. I noticed you put yours up. Could you put mine up too? A little bit low. Thank you. I'm already short. I don't need to be shorter. Okay. Okay, here we go. Hebrews 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance. Everybody say endurance. The race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him. I could, boy, I could just preach a whole message right there. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. You notice it didn't say for the joy for us. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, 
And now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. You know, it's just amazing when you read that and you say the joy that was awaiting him, the cross. He endured the cross. Uh, it's like getting my mind around. I mean, yeah. wow. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Maybe, Tom, you can relate to this. You know, just came out of surgery. And maybe you're thinking, I'm going to endure this surgery so that I can have free mobility and my life will be greatly improved. And I think in a slight example of that, Jesus endured the cross because he knew he was passing something on to people who believe in him, his death, his burial, and his resurrection, and the gift of the Holy Spirit that would be poured out for people. And so when he saw that, and he saw your face and my face, and he said, these people are going to take the authority to put the devil in his place, yeah, yeah I'll go to the yeah. cross for that. He endured because of great joy that it gave him because of your freedom. Wow. Wow. You know, in, we read out of chapter 12, but if you back up in, in chapter 11, many call that the, the chapter of the heroes of faith. You know, it lists all of those who endured, who kept going in their faith walk. And uh, God begins to mention them in that whole chapter and, you know, those people weren't, the Bible just makes it clear. We read about those people, but they're just people like you and me. They're, they weren't anything great. And right. the thing that, that makes them qualified to be in Hebrews chapter 11 is when t life was tough and not fun, they kept going and they refused yeah. to quit. Yeah. And so that's kind of what we want to be like. Amen. And Galatians 6, 9, keep your finger in Hebrews, but Galatians 6, 9 says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Everybody say, don't give up. Don't give up. Come on, turn to your neighbor. Say, don't give up. Don't give up. You know, don't give up. Let's just do a marriage plug right there. Okay. Because it says... So let not, don't get tired of doing what is good. You know, a lot of marriages fall because they forget to do, continue to do what is good. Jesus said in Revelation to the Apostle John, to the church, to go back to their first love. And he said, do the first works that you used to do that got you in love. And like marriage like living this life of faith, we got to continue to do the first things, the basic things that kept us connected with God. It's when we, we get comfortable in our walk with God or our spouse that things get a little bit loosey-goosey and distance happens. And so it says, and hey, if this wasn't real, he wouldn't have said it. But because it's, we're susceptible to this. We got to be reminded. How I many you know our walk with God? Sometimes you get tired. Devotions again. Church again. I got to pray. Fight club, faith club. Are you kidding me? Right? But it's like, don't get tired in doing good and well doing. We're susceptible to getting tired. How I many are tired? We're living in a day and age where we're stretched and we're going here and there and doing this and that. And that. I don't have time to be a good husband. I don't have time to be a good Christian. Then you need to slow down. 
Well, and I'll, I'll just be real practical here. There, there, we all have 24 hours. It's what you do with your 24 hours. Um, it's called time management. You have more time than you think. And, you know, uh, concerning marriage, I'll be a little vulnerable. Not quite as vulnerable as, I, especially if we're on, you know, live. But I said this morning to my husband, we've been with a lot of people for a week. Could we have a date? And so we've already looked at the calendar and said, okay, that night is free. It's not free anymore because it's you and me time. Are, are you following me? Don't wait till the marriage retreat before you have time with your spouse. Come on. Are you following me? You've got to put that into the calendar that you need time with each other. So we, we put a date on the calendar for you and me. And it works the same in our walk with God. How many, got, how many already have planned tomorrow when you're going to meet with the Lord? Okay, if you're not raising your hand, find out what's going on in your calendar and make room. Y'all know we're living at the end of the last of the last days? The last days has been a 2,000-year period. And now it's at the end. This is the time you really got to press into God's word and be close to him. So if you don't have time tomorrow scheduled, you need to do it. In fact, why don't you just take out all of next week and find out when you're going to have time with him every day. Us faith club girls, we're doing it. We're rocking it. We've, we've figured it out. You, you know, you can do this. You really can. It's not unattainable. You can do it. Um, I want to read, or not read, but I just want to give you quickly. In Remember I told you Hebrews 11 is that chapter of all those heroes of faith? So I'm just going to mention a few of them. Hall of Fame. Isn't that cool? The Bible has a Hall of Fame. Noah believed God and obeyed in building a boat about a worldwide flood to come. He endured. Let's just stop there. He built a boat for something that had never happened before. Jesus said in Matthew 24, at the end of the age, it will be like the days of Noah. Because you're believing for something to happen that has never happened before. There's going to be a day where Christians all over the world will be what's called raptured off the planet. Noah and his family were the only ones saved. But when the rain started coming down, guess what? Everyone was beating on the door to get in. Yeah. But Noah believed. How many know? I'm believing for a rapture to come. That sounds a little sci-fi. It's like alien abduction. Right? And people think you're a crazy Christian. Man. They thought Noah was crazy, too. Have the faith of Noah. Just embrace it. It's happening. It's real. But he endured. So then comes Abraham. He believed God to leave what was comfortable, to trust God to go to a new place he'd never been before, that for his future descendants, he endured. Sarah believed God to keep his promise of giving her a child in her old age, beyond the normal age of childbearing. Because she, it says, because she judged God faithful. Joseph, man, you study Joseph. He endured many, many trials. 
And by faith, he knew God's people would leave Egypt and he would command them to, to take his bones into the promised land because he knew that was, that was of God. Can I just stop at Joseph? Okay. This kind of goes with what we're doing. Joseph is amazing uh, for the time we live in because if you look at what Joseph endured, people abandoned him, people promised him stuff, and then they, they didn't follow through. And uh, he had a lot of opportunity to be discouraged in this this God we serve. But how many know when he became the prime minister of Egypt and he kept the faith all the way through the hard times, things turned and he was glad he remained faithful to God. How about Moses? Moses was his, uh, he was protected by faith, by God, um, and then from as a child, and then... Um, he ended up protecting the children that were going to be slain and got them, yes, by the death angel. And by faith, he left Egypt, um, and he commanded that Passover to be observed because of what God had done. But he had to endure. Moses endured a lot. If you study his life, my goodness, um, how about the whole nation of Israel as they were going through? Yes, we know they were whiners and complainers. But let's also just realize that they, they had some bright spots. They had a few bright spots. Um, <laughs> but they also endured and they, they walked through the Red Sea. They had to believe that those waters were not going to come on them to, in order to cross. I mean, don't, don't be too hard on them. They did have some faith. And then um, they also had to have faith as they're marching around the walls of Jericho. Uh, hello, that, you know, we think of war a little bit different than what went down, marching around walls, you know, you, you know and I then look- praising God and expecting the walls to come down and you're going to take over the land. I mean, that's just not our normal way of doing things. You know, uh, several years ago, they... Uh, archaeology f- did some digging uh, where they believe Jericho was, and they found the walls that came down of the ancient city of Jericho. But it's interesting, they found, this is why the Bible's true. We know God's Word is true. We know there's, He is coming back for His people because earth and archaeology declares it. Yeah. Believe His Word. But Jericho walls, they found the walls, and we think walls falling over on their side, they found the walls pushed down, intact. That's incredible. That's God. And, uh, but the bigger miracle to me isn't that the walls got pushed down. The bigger miracle is these two and a half million people walked around these walls silent for six days. <laughs> that is a miracle. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, probably on day five, four, probably day three for me. What are we doing? (laughs) Okay, how about Rahab? Yeah. Rahab, by faith, obeyed God and was saved from destruction. If you don't know who Rahab is, begin to study out what she stood for, what she did. And yet she's listed in the Hall of Fame? Come on. It doesn't matter your past. There you go. It matters where you're going. If you might be in here and you got a past... It's okay. The blood of Jesus is great for your past. It's great for your past. He forgives. But, you know, as you've gone through several of the 
the Hall of Faithers in Hebrews 11, I believe there's room for your name to be added to the list in the Chronicles of Heaven, that you're not of those who give up and quit, but you're going to endure and you're going to keep going. And when the baton's passed on to you, you're not going to drop it. You're going to keep the faith no matter what comes, no matter the difficulties. You're going to stay strong and endure to win the prize that lies before us. All right, so let's talk about this race. This race is not, it's not a sprint. That's not the kind of race it is. This is uh, actually a relay race that we're in. And there are others who have gone before us, and we can read about them in the Bible. We can even look at some of, you know, since, since then, our an- maybe you've come from ancestries that, you know, have walked in the faith. Maybe you're the first one to start. But even if you're the first, first one, it's still a relay. And you are going to, if, if Jesus does not rapture us, you're going to pass the baton. And what are you doing in that preparing for the great exchange? Because we don't want, many races are lost because the baton gets dropped. And even in the Bible, have you noticed that it'll say they walked with God and then the next generation did not? Why does it say they did not? Because somehow in the great exchange, the baton got dropped. That could be on the one giving it or it could be on the one trying to grab it. But somehow in the great exchange, the baton was dropped. Are you following me? You know, let's just do something. Uh, my father's here, so this is perfect. So, Dad, would you just come on up here for a minute? Everyone give my dad a hand. Jack Martin. So this is my father, and uh, he doesn't know it, but he's a relay runner. Really is. And so he's, as a dad, go ahead and hold the, the baton. As a dad, he... Uh, was running the race, his race. He was just trying to be the best God had called him to be. So as a little guy, I'd see my dad at the kitchen table reading his Bible. Uh, I'd see him, hey, it's time for church. Let's go to church. Even when I didn't want to go to church, we're going to church. And uh, so that was the kind of example that he set before me. And so my dad's running his race, and there was a point where he reached back with his baton as he's looking unto Jesus. Go ahead and look over there. That's, Jesus is over there somewhere. And so, <laughs> so then you just reach, reach that, but don't look at me. You're running. You're running your race. You reach back to pass that baton off to your son, and boom, I got the baton. Now it's my turn to run because he did his part. He passed it off to me. Now I got to do the things that he was doing that were written in God's word yeah. to do. Yeah. He was an example to get me going. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Dad, thanks. <laughs> Give him a hand. You know, in this uh, great exchange and actually in a relay race, when if you follow the Olympics or whatever, um, they say it's 1.9 seconds in the in the zone, that's, that's not very much time. And so you got to be able to be ready. Like they're trained to be able to know how to do it. 
So when you're training to know how to pass the baton, and we're not just talking your family members right now, okay? Are you following me? You are passing the baton to those who are influenced by you. I don't care if they're family or not. You are going to pass a baton. But the question is, are you training for it? Because it goes quick. 1.9 seconds, and it can be dropped if you're not prepared. Didn't make a nice sound. Yeah, when it drops, it isn't pretty, is it? You know, don't let past victories in your life get you sloppy because you're still influencing as long as there's breath in your lungs. Past victories can get us really sloppy because we just think, I'm good, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm good in my own standards. Well, I'm, as, I'm better than they are. I'm doing better than them, so I'm, I'm good. Don't compare your life to someone else. Compare your life to the Word of God. How are you doing in God's standards, not somebody else's? Boy, that trips us up so many times when we start saying, well, I'm, I'm, I'm better than they are, so I'm good. Totally. Yeah, you know, there's this one gentleman years ago before IBC was even created. Uh, this guy had his son uh, got really sick. And he goes, man, it was a bad time for the devil to do that because I was so close to God at that time. And when my son got sick, I just had... Holy Ghost boldness, and I just commanded the devil and, and prayed over my son, and he was instantly healed. But there was a word he said that I caught. At that time, I was really close to God. And I'm like, what did you mean that time? He goes, well, I was just doing, I was, I was praying, and I was reading, and, and I was really connected with God. But where are you right now if the devil attacked your life or your family members? Yeah, I'm not where I should be. It's like, this can't be sloppy. The devil is seeking people to devour. Here's, here's something that just hit me the other day. The devil, in Revelation, says he is the accuser of the brethren. How many know that? Have you read that, heard that before? Well, here's the thing that just blew me away. He accuses God's people day and night. You I mean, in other words, he is always trash talking you. So we got a daily battle. How many, how many like to brush your teeth? Daily. If you're not raising your hand, I, I'm sorry, especially to the person sitting next to you. You know, if you come to church and you didn't brush your teeth, we know. We know. We really do. It's not pleasant at all. We have mints to just <laughs> mask it, help you a little bit. Ask people. We know where they are. If you don't brush your teeth, there's consequences to that besides bad breath. So... We like good oral hygiene, so there's not stuff growing off your teeth. But if we think we can get away with spending time with God 
once a week, our flesh is nasty. This, the Bible says the word of God washes us. We need a daily washing. Same with prayer. If you think it's time to to get lax on your prayer time, lax on your time in the word, lax on church attendance. Now, I know I'm preaching in the choir, but you might be watching and you just need to get back in church. It's not the time to get lax on all these things. It is the time to, to train. It's the time to be coached. It's, it's the time to make sure you're maintaining the basics, the basics in your spiritual life. It's, it's time to go to the next level in your training. It's, 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 it's time. You know, uh, I love Aaron Elazer. Just uh, his drive, his passion to, to take men to the next level. Uh, he knows athletics, been in collegiate football, and uh, his stories are just powerful to the guys. And uh, when he's planning for this next uh, faith club for the guys, Fight Club, thank you. Faith Club is us ladies, so and we're rocking Could it. You came up with something else. <sighs> Faith Fight, Fight Club. He was just like, I'm kind of nervous to put this out there to the guys. No excuses. No excuses. Wow. That's good. That's a powerful thing. We've got to train. We've got to. This is, our, this is our race we are running. So when we're talking about passing the baton, we're talking about serving the next generation. I want to read Acts 13 and verse 36. It says, For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep, was buried with his fathers. So there David is an individual who he served his generation, but knew that he was going to be serving generations to come. Through David is how we get the genealogy of Jesus. Right, and even it started with Rahab, and even beyond that. Yes, yes. They were all passing the baton from one generation to the next. He served his generation, and so that's the question to us today. Are we serving our generation Jesus Christ? Are we... Are you a potential runner? Are you going to run with me this race? You know, we're, that's what witnessing is. Hey, we're on this run. We're, we're running the race for Jesus Christ. Are, are you with me? Are you a runner? Are you a runner? Are you going to take this baton? Do I got something? Can I set you up to take the next? Can I set you up to take the next one? Man, get ready here. I'm coming back around. Boom. Now he's running with it. Now we got more runners in. Yeah. That's Michael. right. That's right. It's our youth pastor. See, as a Christian, as a born-again believer, if you have Jesus Christ on the inside of you, you have a responsibility. And this is not just the five-fold ministry thing. This is a responsibility to evangelize the world. Are you hearing me? If you're a born-again believer, you have a responsibility to run this race and to be handing off the baton behind you. This world has changed so fast in the last few years, it's ridiculous. If you haven't figured out that this, the, the end times are here, prophesied thousands of years ago. Our Bible has told us what to expect. And we're seeing it right before our eyes. We're living in biblical times, literally. Let's, let's look at a scripture when we don't carry the baton. So Judges chapter 2, verse 10, 
It says, after that generation died, another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things he had done for Israel. That's a dropped baton right there. Read that again. After that generation died. So that generation is the generation that came into the promised land after they had been in Egypt. Moses and all those people passed away. But their children and Joshua and Caleb brought them into the promised land. And then they took, took over. They took over the, the region that God had given them. And they were so busy building houses and marking off their land and their estates that they forgot to share how they got to that place a blessing. And then read that again, Judges 2. Another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things he had done for Israel. So here, do you remember Joshua in the Bible? So Joshua experienced all the the miracles of Moses, and he was the one who actually got to go into the promised land. So that's where we are, where he went in, but something happened. I need that baton back. Something happened in the exchange of Joshua getting the baton to the next generation. It was dropped. So you could be a mighty man or woman of God. But if you're not serving the next generation, the baton can get dropped. Do you know why children's ministry and youth ministry are so amazing and so needed and we love our kids here at IBC? Because they're our next generation. If you serve in nursery or preschool or kids ministry or youth ministry, college ministry, why are you doing that? Because you understand there is a great exchange coming. And we don't want the baton to get dropped. We want that exchange to be good. Remember I said this is not just about your relatives. This is about the body of Christ understanding that we have a job to do. And here's what's happened in America for years. You know, we're, America was built on a biblical foundation. Uh, you go back to Washington, D.C., and thank God still, there's scriptures all over the monuments and all throughout. And uh, in the White House, and, you know, the Bible was honored by our founding fathers. They established the government that has never been seen in the world. America is unique, and it was from God. It was out of his word. But generations have received blessings, and I want to give you this quote. When our blessings blind us of the baton in our hand, we drop it. When the blessings that America has experienced from being a, we're a post-Christian nation, that's sad. We've dropped the baton. We've dropped the baton as, as a nation, and now we got people with all kinds of crazy ideas that truth is, whatever your truth is, that's truth. Let me tell you something. Your truth is not truth. There is only one truth. There's only one truth. You can't have truth the way you want truth to be. 
there's only one way. And it, we're in a culture that doesn't want to hear truth, which is another sign Jesus said what happened in the last days. People won't want to hear truth. So in passing the baton, there are teaching moments that we need to be aware of. Are you all following me? There are times in your life when you are being called by the Holy Spirit to influence someone. Those teaching moments. There's times when you got to exercise your faith when it's not glamorous. There's times when servanthood is not glamorous. Sometimes it's behind the scenes. Those behind the scenes matter when it when it's when it's training to pass this baton. Those teaching moments matter. You need to position yourself for the next leg of the race. You know, as a pastor, this is one of the things I was challenged with. And I just felt a prompting in the Holy Spirit. Not that I heard an audible voice, but I just sensed this is what he was telling Greg Martin. He was literally saying, because I was studying for a message, and I was getting all, you know, and the next day I was studying for a message. And, and I just felt the Holy Spirit just go, is the only time you talk to me and study is because you're trying to build a message? He goes, I just want to hang with you, just you and me, because your ministry will be limited if all you do is just build messages. You need time with me, and then your building messages will, you know, be a different time. And, you know, sometimes we get so busy. I'll never forget my daughter and I, we were training to, a few years ago, a few pounds ago, we were training for uh, a marathon. And, you know, we were excited at the beginning. Oh, we're going to do this marathon. And we were on a schedule of, you know, uh, time and miles that we had to run each week and everything. And so each week the miles got longer and longer and longer. Well, it was fun for about three or four weeks. And then it started getting tough. And there was a point where it was like, I don't want to. I want to stay home, watch TV and eat ice cream. <laughs> but if I'm serious about doing a marathon, you got to do what Paul told Timothy. Stir yourself up. Fan the flame. Your flame's getting dim. Get those coals. Get it burning again. You know, sir, okay, okay. And you know, living this life for Jesus Christ, sometimes it's, you don't got people encouraging you. Come on, you can do this. You're awesome. God's with you. Yeah, come on. They're not there Tuesday morning when it's tough. So what do you do? Man, we got to, I'm in this to win this. Are we ready for that? Let's do it. Okay, so what we're going to do right now is... Um, when it comes to generations that have gone before us and passing the baton, there are certain individuals that I believe have done a really, really good job. And uh, one of those is Greg's grandma. And uh, Greg's grandma passed just, um, just recently. And my husband, uh, about 10 years ago, well, it's actually 09, so more than 10 years ago, um, I had her here as a guest and I interviewed her here at IBC. Uh, and we have taken some, some of that interview, and uh, we have that to share with you right now. 
as far as passing the baton, it, it comes in different forms. One of the greatest batons that you can pass is the baton of prayer. Uh, Greg's grandma was a prayer warrior, and she lived longer because of that, because she was interceding on many of our behalfs. But, you know, that baton is now handed to us. And we need to learn what that looks like. So for the next few minutes, let's, let's listen. We had a wonderful time together. I can remember so much, and it's so precious to me, is the times of our daily prayer Then I sat next to him and held his hand, and we prayed. And the Bible says we're two or three are agreed together in my name, there will I be, and he will help us solve our problems. To lose somebody that you've been with for 68 years, we had always been together. I, we'd always gone everywhere together. And this time, God took him home and left me here. I didn't get to go along with him. And I said, God, why did you leave me here? And God just spoke to me, and he said, you have something to do. I want you to be a prayer warrior. I want you, you all by yourself. Now you have time. And so I said, okay, if I want to be what you want me to be. And so I sit there every morning. And I walk and talk with God. It's wonderful. I can't tell you the sweet presence that comes into the house. I say, good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Come fill this house with your presence. I want you here like Adam and Eve walked and talked with you. I want to walk and talk with you, too. And he comes, and his presence is so near, I can reach out and touch him. And he's helped me. He's been my comforter. But God's faithful. Even in our tragedies, he's there and can comfort us and help us get through the hardest things. Sometimes we think, this is too hard for me, but God gives us the strength and helps us as children and bear our hearts to him and tell him what our needs are and what our, our wants are and anything that's disturbing us, just come to him and tell him and he's there for every need that we have. And he longs to have you come to him. He says, come to me and I'll give you rest. Lay your burdens upon me and I'll, I'll be with you and, and take your burdens. And I just think it's so wonderful to have a God like that, a friend that we can just go to. And I've done that so much. And he gives me a peace that passeth all understanding. He said he would do that. And he's nearer than 
what we can realize. He's just there, right here. He's here right now. And you can reach out and touch him. And nothing that he can't do. He's, he's done such marvelous things for me. And I know he can do it for you. And I'm so thankful I wouldn't trade this life. I have been a Christian as far back as I can remember. And I wouldn't change my life ever for any other kind of a life. And I just had the scripture here that the Lord gave me for you. And it says, he has plans for good and not for evil to give us a future and a hope. Now, what more can we ask? God gives us a hope in a world that looks hopeless. This world has no answers for the problems that it's in, but we have a God that gives us hope, and he has good things planned for you and not of evil. Aren't you glad today that we have a God like that? Oh, I'm so thankful that God never fails. He has not failed me once, and he won't fail you. So you can imagine the mess I was in putting an hour-long interview into five minutes. But the question that just was left with, what do I do with that? Was that just a hallmark? Oh, that was so sweet. Thank you, Grandma. No, that's real. That's real. She just passed this on to us. If you heard it, she's given, she's, somebody's got to take it up for your benefit and for others that we would draw near to God and we would just talk to him. You know, there's, we just wrote down just in closing here in the last one minute, do this in one minute. In the exchange zone, there's three things where we drop the baton. Sin. Sin causes us to drop the baton. We got to live a life free from sin or forgiven from sin. God loves us too much to let us stay in sin. Two, honor the church and the presence of God. Attend church. Hebrews 10, 25 says that in the last days, people are going to forget being in church. But he said, don't forget to assemble yourself, especially right before I come. Last thing is, because that's where we get trained. That's where we learn stuff like this. The third thing is, don't hold on to past seasons, whether good or bad. You're in a new season. Run with fervency today. Would you stand? Holy Spirit, I thank you for your presence in this place. I thank you for teaching us and growing us to either pass the baton or grab the baton. We're in a relay. We're in a relay race. God, we, wanna, we want that exchange zone to be good. We don't want it to be dropped. Those in this room who you want to get rid of sin so you can live this life that we're talking about. Either you've never accepted Jesus Christ or you're not right with God. And you're, you know the Holy Spirit is tugging at your heart. This is your morning. This is your day 
to get right with God, whether you're online hearing my voice or watching, or you're in this room, it's time to get right with God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You know, I've experienced salvation from Jesus Christ. He has literally changed my life. So I'm passing on the baton of salvation to somebody today. Receive Jesus Christ. Take the baton of salvation. He loves you with an everlasting love. And you're in a point right now where you can accept his love and keep running your race. He came to give you life and life more abundantly. Take the baton of salvation this morning. On the count of three, I want you to raise your hand, whether you're here or watching online. Just reach out to Jesus and pray this prayer that Pastor Sean is going to lead us in. One, this is your day. Two, don't let anything mind games keep you from this moment. Shut those things down and say, you, you know that you need Jesus. Respond to that. Three, raise your hand right now. Don't be ashamed. We're not ashamed. Amen. Amen. Praise Thank God. Thank you, Jesus. People are reaching. Thank you're you, reaching Jesus. out for the baton of salvation. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you're watching right now or you're in this room and your hand's raised, can you all repeat this prayer? Say, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I thank you. I thank you. For the blood of Jesus. For the blood of Jesus. That forgives me. That forgives me. Right now. Right now. Of all, of all my sin, my sin, and where I've fallen short, and where I've fallen short of your best, of your best. And I ask today, and I ask today that you would be, you would be number one, number one, not only savior, not only savior, but Lord of my life, Lord of my life, completely in charge, completely in charge. I surrender it all, I surrender it to all you, to you. And I thank you, and I thank you. I'm a new, I'm a new creation, creation in Christ. In Christ, old has passed away, old has passed and away, and all has become new. All has become new in Jesus name. Jesus name. Keep your heads bowed. I believe there's another call that's going out, and this is a call to those who have accepted the baton of salvation. But there's a baton going out to grab the baton or to pass the baton of prayer and of living this Christian life. And if the Holy Spirit's tugging at your heart that he wants you to be engaged more in this race, I want you to lift your hands towards heaven. Heavenly Father, I thank you for believers all over this room and watching and listening that the Holy Spirit is talking to them about engaging in this race fervently to pass that baton or grab the baton. So God, I ask that you would help us. As your word said, we're in this race and we're in this relay race. And God, we don't want that baton dropped. So God, we surrender our lives to you. We say, use us. Use us, God. May our life be an example, not only in what we say, but in what we do. And we thank you, Father God, for your help in this great race. In Jesus' name, everybody say it. Amen, amen.